You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Actaus. Each episode, I dig deep into the world of cars with news, reviews, and other random motor talk. From engine cars to EVs, I'm here to entertain you whilst you're nipping through traffic or even whilst you're stuck at home trying to change your exhaust. But warning, I may ramble on about Fiat Pandas. You've been warned. Anyway, engage launch control. It's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Piston Podcast and welcome specifically to the unlucky episode of the series because yes, that is right, this is episode 13 of series 3. So hopefully, fingers crossed, nothing's going to go wrong. Hopefully I'm not going to get 15 minutes into this and you know the computer screens in front of me and the microphone just explode into my face. Um, and then I wake up with ambulances surrounding me, fingers crossed, because that wouldn't be very good at all. Anyway, this episode is being recorded on the 25th of April 2021. So 25th, how many months until Christmas now? Let's do a, a quick check uh, with my math skills. Eight months until Christmas, as I'm recording this today on the Sunday. Uh, and this podcast is on the 26th, so I- irrelevant information, but oh well. Now, um, please remember to subscribe to the Piston Podcast, or follow it, or you know, share it, or give it a positive review. All depends on which platform you're on, so whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, anywhere you're listening to, just do whatever you can to support the show, because it really does make a difference um, sharing the podcast with other people, uh, getting it higher on the podcast automotive charts. It just It's a massive help, really, and you know it, it really helps me and the podcast, so call it a, call it a favour. There we go, call it a favour. Now, remember, you can follow me on social media, that's Instagram and Twitter, at DanielCarzo5, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Piston Podcast. That's enough promo nonsense. I think it is time to kick off with some car news. Now, last week, just want to talk about this quickly, last week I was joined by a guest. I was joined by Charlie Mugglestone, who is an MX-5 racing driver. So, last bit of promo, you can go listen to that if you want. So, um, basically what I'm trying to say is it's been two weeks-ish since the last bit of car news, because I don't do the car news when I've got a guest, because I just talk solely about the guests. So, um, yeah, it's time for some car news, and hopefully next week I'll be a guest. And then it's the end of the series. Yeah, there we go. Sorry, you know, starting on a bit of a downer. It's coming up to the end of the series already. I think episode 15 will be the last one, I think. But it could change last minute. Um, But anyway, car news. I'm going on and on and on. First piece of car news is very exciting. Very exciting for Volkswagen, um, especially. The 2021 World Car of the Year has been announced, and it's electric. Ooh, now this this is... very, very special indeed, you know. I think this could be one of the first electric cars to win World Car of the Year award, which is a really massive award. And if I was to tell you, obviously it's Volkswagen, I've given that clue out already. It's an SUV, it's electric. It can only be one. It is the Volkswagen ID4. Now, I have reviewed that car on a podcast, but I can't remember which one, so I can't actually tell you. Um, So apologies for that. But the ID4 is... You know, a really good car. I think a better car than the ID3. Although I'd probably be tempted to go for the ID3, just because I think it's a nicer shape. To be honest, that's just what I think. But I think the ID4, yeah, it's a deserved win. I think it's great. Um, and, and talking of car awards, I think what car um, award year of the year 2021? What car awards? Uh, the car of the year award went to the Dacia Sandero, but then that was removed, I think, because it got a two-star NCAP rating, which I think was quite unfair because structurally it was fine, but it's just because it didn't have you know, the driver rates that a lot of expensive cars have, that the end cap rating was lowered. So there we go, we'll save that uh, rambling for another episode. But there we go, 
probably not very fair. But the ID4, well done, well deserved. Uh, Chinese manufacturer Hongqi. Uh, now this is very difficult. It's actually spelled H-O-N-G-Q-I. I didn't know G and Q could go next to each other in the word, but apparently it can. Hongqi, uh, which is a Chinese manufacturer, has revealed its spectacular-looking 1,400 horsepower hypercar. Now, I know um, a lot of the uh, younger listeners, younger than me, possibly, are going to be like, oh, 1,400 horsepower. Or maybe the adults that still are, you know, a bit bit of a child, um, are going to be, you know, screaming in their seats, screaming in their cars, maybe even their beds. I don't know where you listen to this show. Um, probably best I don't know. But, um, yeah, you're probably all very excited by this. But me, personally, why? Why do we need 1,400 horsepower in a car? I mean, our Panda in the driveway has got 100 horsepower, and it's, you know, one of the most fun cars I can imagine. It's fantastic. And I'm actually wearing a Hubnut t-shirt now, um for the Hubnut YouTube channel, it's great, that actually says power less is more, and it's true, you know, I think more power does not mean more fun, um, and that's just what I think, people have different opinions, but that is just, that's my opinion on horsepower, um, and yeah, it just keeps getting ridiculous, 1,400 horsepower, is it needed, but anyway, it's a fantastic achievement, you cannot deny that, so as a V8 hybrid powertrain, and it can do not 60, in 1.9 seconds, wow, and has a top speed of over 250 miles per hour. That's quicker than a Veyron, first of all. I think quicker than a Chiron, I think. So this not to 16, 1.9 seconds. That's like, accelerate, and 60. There we go, that is how quick it is. Just like that. So, accelerate, 1, to 60, that is it. 1.9 seconds, that is it. Wow. Can you imagine that? I think I'd make you feel a bit sick, but... Wow, bonkers. But again, a massive achievement, but it's just not for me. Uh, apparently, um, Gran Turismo is officially an Olympic sport. I don't know what this is all about, but apparently it is. Um, is it a load of Olympians, you know, playing Gran Turismo and then, you know, winning the Olympic Cup? I don't know what... what I don't understand the Olympics, really. I don't, I don't really watch it. Um, same with all sports, really. I don't really watch many of them at all. Uh, Nissan has unveiled a McDonald's edition GTR from one extreme to another. Um, so I bet you didn't think that would happen. And it's a Nissan GTR, uh, Nismo, I believe. And it's got a gold wrap. And it's got red you know, accents and stuff like that. Black wheels, black bonnet. And it's meant to look a bit like the McDonald's logo. And I'm going to argue it's not. Um, it's just a marketing stunt, I think, to make people go, ooh. Um, even though it's hideously ugly. So, yeah. Again, people have their opinions, but that's just mine. Why do we need it? Why do we need it? Um, Cadillac commits to an all-electric future by 2030. So General Motors don't really want internal combustion engine vehicles anymore, which is fair enough. You know, it's time for a change, whether you like it or not. Uh, but it doesn't mean, you know, engine cars are going to be phased out anytime soon, because, you know, they're still going to be around for a long time. It's just the new ones that maybe there won't be so much of. Um... But, um, yeah, Cadillac, there we go, going electric by 2030, which is which is good news, uh, to some, anyway. Um, France criticises the future of Euro 7 standard, um, the future Euro 7 standard, for being unfair to internal combustion engine cars, or ICE cars as they're known as, so the EU could lower the standards to make it more fair um, for ICE cars. So there we go. Opulence is the new Range Rover SV Autobiography Ultimate Edition, um, and ba basically what this is, is it's like the top of the range, Range Rover. It's going to be known as the Range Rover Opulence, I think. 
So it's yeah, it's a new ultimate edition of a Range Rover, meant only for the highest of class, uh, high class cats. So there we go. If you're a high class cat, then the opulence is for you. Um, oh god, I can only really imagine how expensive that'll be. I'm more interested in this, which is the new Toyota Land Cruiser, which has finally been announced. The long-awaited return of the Japanese Colossus. It's the new Land Cruiser. Now, what I like about the Land Cruiser is, you know, companies like Range Rover, Mercedes, are all building these, you know, off-roaders, and they're all looking so glamorous and so different and so posh. Toyota go, this is how it's supposed to be done, and they give you a rather questionable-looking Land Cruiser, and I just think that's great. You know, you see that in a score run. It's not going to impress anybody, let's face it. But, wow. You know, to me, I, I do quite like that. It's quite nice, actually. Um, Chevrolet has introduced three new colours for the Corvette C8 for 2022. So I think one of them's a grey, one of them's a brown, and one of them is an orange. Um, oh, I've got the colours here. I've actually got the colours. Hypersonic grey, as it's known as. Um, caffeine, which is... <laughs> Caffeine-coloured car, which is the brown one I was talking about. And the orange one is Amplify Orange. I like the look of Amplify Orange, actually. And that brown caffeine colour doesn't look nice in a cor doesn't look nice in a Corvette, but I think would look nice on another vehicle, I think. So there we go, that's interesting. We'll move on anyway. Alfa Romeo has also confirmed it's heading towards electrification. So the company has revealed that they will use a new EV platform on future cars. I think that's, you know, pretty decent. Um, but I know a lot of people are actually going to have their head in their hands because Alfa Romeo have made some really, really wonderful engines this past, you know, 100 years. So for them to go, nope, we're going to start making electric cars is massive news. But, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes, you know. Alfa Romeo, electrics. There we go. Uh, GTO Engineering unveils the V12 Squalo as a Ferrari 250 GT SWB tribute. It's a reinterpretation of an Italian classic car. Ooh, that looks nice. That does look nice. I understand this is a podcast and you can't actually see what I'm talking about, but it's one of them things you just have to imagine it or search it up. So just search up V12 Squalo GTO Engineering, and I'm sure it'll come up. It does look pretty decent, actually. Um, looks a bit bondy, so there we go. The 1965 Mustang Shelby GT350 is voted the greatest ever Ford. Now, I'm not really surprised. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, I know a lot of 17-year-old McDonald's enthusiasts are going to go, no, it's the Fiesta. But no, apparently, it's the Shelby GT350, which is a car we talked about a few weeks ago, I think. Um, although I might be wrong. I can't even remember what I talked about myself on my own podcast. And that says a lot about me. Maybach is celebrating its 100-year anniversary, happy birthday, Maybach, with a 12-cylinder teaser. So it's a it's the top-spec engine, and it's to remain exclusive to Maybach. 12-cylinder. Still making 12-cylinders in 2021? Wow, that's amazing. Definitely out of the ordinary. Uh, Consumer Reports discovers massive oversight in Tesla's autopilot system. So this is for reasons that should be fairly obvious. Uh, don't try this at home. So, now, I should talk about this, actually. Um, something quite big in the news this week was two people that were tragically killed, really unfortunate, in a Tesla. Now, it's a difficult thing, because I believe one of them was sat in the passenger seat, asleep, and one of them was sat on the back seat, asleep. Nobody in the driver's seat. So, the car was, I think, in autopilot. It must be. And... 
all this may be random flimflammer. I'm just saying what I've heard. Um, And, yeah, so the, the Tesla crashed, basically. And it's difficult because Tesla would go and say, oh, no, the autopilot wasn't on. Or they'd go and say, oh, it's meant to have his hand on the wheel anyway, not, you know, snoozing in the back seat. Um, but then doesn't matter. I mean, the autopilot failed. So who is in the wrong here? Um, and that is a big question. And it's, you know, it's it's made a lot of people think, oh, no, autonomous cars. I really don't want one. To me, I don't want one. I think that's one of the things about driving is the actual driving. So why take away the one thing we like so much about cars, which is driving them? Um Really, really bizarre. But, um, yeah, quite tragic, actually, what happened this week. Um, and it's just something to think about. But, you know, they were probably YouTubers, really, filming a stunt or something, which a lot of people do. But it, it's the, the whole autonomous car thing is, is quite dodgy. Uh, let's move on to Honda, who will definitely stop selling internal combustion engine cars by 2040. Diesel cars will disappear at the end of the year. Wow, that's big news. That's quite quick. Now seems to be a lot of the news stories in this week's show is about, you know, car companies ditching combustion engine cars. Now, to me, I don't know what I think because I like, you know, petrol cars as much as I do electric cars. This is something I was talking about with the guest Charlie last week. Diesel cars, maybe not so much, but, you know, they're, they're all right. They have their uses. But, um, yeah, I'm one of them people that likes both. I know a lot of people are like, no, it's got to be petrol. It's got to be engine. It's got to be a big diesel, not electric. And then there's people that are like, actually, no, I actually prefer electric. You know, why have an engine? I'm in the middle. So on one hand, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Honda, full electric, that's good. And then I'm thinking like, oh, God, you know, we're not going to get any, you know, petrol-powered, wicked Civic Type R's or anything like that anymore, um, which is quite sad. But the future is exciting. And I'm sure people moaned, you know, years and years and years ago when... People moved away from the horse and cart to, you know, petrol and diesel-powered cars. Um, and electric cars have been around for longer than you think, so they're not as new as you think. Um, there we go. Um, apparently, the Porsche Taycan will soon outsell the Porsche 911. This is amazing. Really amazing. The Taycan was certainly a gamble for, for Porsche because, you know, it, it, Porsche are a sports car brand. So to sell cars like this, a car that's very similar to the Panamera, let's face it, um, it's quite a gamble, but it's done so well, it, it will soon outsell the 911. Now, there's a picture in front of me of the, the uh, Porsche Taycan Gran Turismo, which is the sort of shooting brake estate thing, and it does look fantastic, really good. Now, I see what they've done here. They've put, like, sort of trim around the wheel arches. They're trying to make it look a bit like an SUV, even though it's not. So I think Porsche are trying to, you know, say, listen, sunshine, there's a bit more to life than an SUV. So respect to them for doing that. Um, now, let's finish off with this. Now, I just talked about the Land Cruiser, didn't I? The Toyota Land Cruiser before. This is a bit of news that links onto that. The next Toyota Land Cruiser, this is amazing, will reportedly have a Gazoo Racing Edition. So, apparently, it should be incredibly capable, capable off-road. Now, wow, a Gazoo Racing, a GR Land Cruiser. Oh, that's really cool, actually. A bit like an AMG G-Wagon or, you know, Trackhawk Jeep or something like that. If it's, you know, rival for that, I think... Definitely unusual. I know a lot of the purists will be like, no, Land Cruiser isn't about speed and racing. But um, to me, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a child at times. It's quite appealing. Anyway, I think we should wrap up car news because, we've again, we've gone on for like half of the show about car news. And that's not what, you know, all of this podcast is about. Um, if you want more car news, then tune into the Motoring Podcast, which is a, a rival podcast. Um, it's very good, hosted by Alan and Andrew, who I had Alan on the show 
um, near the start of the series. Very good podcast, so, you know, quick plug. Listen to their podcast if you want um, endless boffinry um, car news. It's very good. Um, now, I just want to talk about this, because yesterday, Saturday the 24th of April, I was very excited because we bought some new furniture. We bought uh, a new table, and eight new chairs, and another, you know, a console unit thing. And we couldn't fit it at the back of a panda, couldn't fit it at the back of the scenic. So, to my excitement, we had to rent a van. Yes, we did. And uh, we spent ages looking for the best deal. We settled on Hertz in the end, uh, a standard size transit van. Although I think we ended up with a high roof one. Um, although I might be wrong. But uh, yeah, we had a Hertz rental transit van. Now, wow, God, it was so fun. It was really, really fun. There's a lot of pictures on my Instagram that you can have a look at um, that I posted. It's also on my Twitter, at DanielCarzo5, so you can go and have a look at that. I did write a bit of a review, and I'm going to read that out to you. I said, today, I had three hours with the latest Ford Transit. What did I think of it? Firstly, it's a Ford, and Ford know how to make a good van. They have for many years now. The Transit name is instantly known to anybody. It handled corners very well, even with a load of heavy furniture in the back. It was very comfortable, with good suspension and supportive seats. Ours had the 2-litre diesel engine, which had quite a narrow power band. You know you know what I mean by that. You know, you're you sort of revving, nothing, 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 power, and then nothing again. It's, you know, narrow power band. But once the turbo whizzed up, it was off like a big white rocket, which is true. However, the engine does make a noticeable humming noise at certain revs, which may become slightly annoying on a longer journey. Interior space was decent, with three seats that easily fit three adults. The dash design was pretty boring, but it seemed durable for the tough. Uh, sorry, for the tough. Seemed durable and tough. Perfect for the average muddy builder. Overall, the Ford Transit was a pleasant surprise, and still seems to be one of the best vans on the market. It also gave you a chance to use some golden Smith & Sniff quotes. Now, Smith & Sniff is also a rival podcast, which is far better than this one, hosted by Johnny Smith and Richard Porter. By far my favourite, and I'll admit, a lot better than this one. It's hilarious. Go listen to it. Smith & Sniff quotes, Forward Transit, etc, etc. Uh, Johnny Smith and Richard Porter would be proud. But sadly, no Jason Plato visible nipples to be seen. Now, it's a bit of an in-joke, that is. You know, if you listen to Smith and Sniff, then you would know that. Or if you're a fifth gear watcher, then you will know that um, fifth gear had a transit. And Jason Plato filmed the entire team test of that transit with an exposed nipple out of his shirt and claimed to not realise. That's a bit of an in-joke. But there we go. The transit was a pleasant surprise. It was a two-litre, as I just said, 2019. And what was ironic was, um, you know, the transit went away, and later that day I went on a bike ride with my friend Matt. Uh, we did some stuff on my Instagram story, um, which by the time this podcast is out will be disappeared anyway, so that's nonsense news. Uh, but I actually saw it again with another driver later that day. Um, and it sort of made me feel like, um, you know, it was cheating on me a bit, but there you go. But the new transit, it was a pleasant surprise. And for someone like me, who spent an awful lot of time um, in, uh, in, in the van... Uh, not being kidnapped, you know, we had a furniture business many moons ago in France. Um, spent a lot of miles in the van delivering. It was very pleasant, you know, it sent me back to when I was like five. So, there we go. A bit of a story for you. Now, I've rambled enough, really. This podcast, I've been looking forward to it because there's been a car that I've really been looking forward to. And I'm just going to get myself comfortable in my chair because this is amazing. I'm going to say it's one of my favourite cars to come out recently. It's incredible. It's in the title. It is the Porsche 911 992 GT3. This is big news for car enthusiasts. Any car enthusiast, journalists, influencers, 
standard car enthusiast, you know, you, you may be a plumber and like cars, you know what a 911 GT3 is, and there's a new one out. Um, now, let's get this over and done with. A Piston podcast rating, it's 5 out of 5, which may give you a clue as to how this review is going to go. Now, let's give you a bit of a backstory. Um, back in December time, Chris Harris went around um, sort of a Porsche GT3 museum with a, uh, a Porsche engineer, and it was about 40 minutes long. It's on the Top Gear YouTube channel. It's very interesting. And they had a look around uh, the new GT3, only a sneak peek. And it was from that moment in December, I was very excited for this car. Chris Harris then got one on test, and he did a lot of uh, social media posts about it, um, popping into Tut Hill Porsche um, and stuff like that. And it really got me excited. And the review came out on topgear.com uh, and on the YouTube channel 11pm uh, last week. And I stayed up, it didn't come out, it was late, about two hours late, so I watched it the next day, and it was amazing. It really set my heart on that car, it made me think, yes, I want it. And then I got into my usual spree of watching Henry Catchpole's review, watching Matt Watson's review, Doug DeMiro, you name them all. So, the 911 GT3, the new one, is priced from £123,100, a lot of money, but we'll come to that later. It's powered by a 4-litre, flat-six, naturally aspirated engine, which is good for the purists. Now, what's interesting is this is the same engine as in the 991 and 991.2 GT3, so the last edition and facelift version. But they've been a bit clever about it. They've given it an extra 10 horsepower. Now, Porsche have done this for a reason, not because they can't be bothered, but just because they believe that is all of the power you need to have fun. Anymore, it's too much for a road, okay? This is almost too much, 510 horsepower it has, but... Um, it's sort of like the maximum you can have. So I think Porsche are right, really. And I did talk about this at the start. You know, that, that Chinese Super Piper car that's got 1,400 horsepower. Is it needed? Not really. So this uh, GT3 is 510 horsepower. Also produces 470 newton meters of torque. It's rear-wheel drive, as it should be. And you've got an option between a 7-speed PDK gearbox, which is the semi-automatic flappy paddle one, um, which you can actually control the gears by the... Um, the gear selector, you know, like um, like on a uh, a Logitech PS PlayStation rig or something like that, you go like that, and you use the uh, gear selector to do it. Um, there we go. Or you've got a choice of a, a six-speed manual, which is what I'd go for. Let's face it. Oh, manual GT3. Gosh, amazing. Nor to 60. Porsche claim this is funny. 3.4 seconds to 60, which for a manual car. Um, or semi-automatic, is really good. Okay, semi-automatic. I'm talking about the PDK, not the manual. 3.4 seconds is pretty decent, okay? You're not going to complain with that, let's face it. Matt Watson tested it and got 2.8 seconds. Immediately, 0.6 seconds quicker to 60 than Porsche themselves claim. I love that about Porsche. You know, they're very reservant. It's great. Top speed of 198 miles per hour. They could have squeezed two more out. Come on. Just, you know, just for the paper facts, that would have been good. Now, it weighs 1,435 kilos, and they've made this um, really quite light by thinning in the glass um, and reducing weight, uh, reducing some sound reduction. Now, this does make the cabin a bit louder, but uh, it makes it a lot lighter. So, this 992 GT3 is bigger than the previous generation, but only 5 kilos heavier, I think, which is an amazing achievement, so well done. Now, the end cap rating is not tested yet. But it's expected to be pretty decent because Porsche has spent a lot of time on this. Uh, CO2 emissions, 293 grams per kilometres combined, which, again, ah, it's questionable. But it's a naturally aspirated flat six engine, so it's not going to be good. So there we go. Two-seater, as you'd expect. No rear seats because it's got a roll cage. Cool. 
Uh, a bit of extra information for you. It's the first 911 that features a double wishbone suspension, which everybody's been going absolutely crazy about. Um, a bit like the G.I. Yaris last year, talking about, oh, it's four-wheel drive. Everybody's been going on about this double wishbone suspension, um, which is really good, no doubt in that, but everybody's going crazy over it. And all-wheel steering. This all means that going around corners is its just easy, really. Let's put it that way. It's really, really, well, not easy, you know. It's not as easy as, like, you know, sitting down to do a podcast, but it's not as difficult as you'd think. You know, it's probably a lot easier to go around a corner in an organised fashion than a BMW M2 CS, maybe, for example. Pros and cons for you. Pros, the styling is wonderful. It's got a good selection of uh, colours as well. My favourite being shark blue, which I think looks stunning. Mesmerising. Really, really phenomenal. Fantastic. Uh, Can you tell I like it? But yeah, the styling is great. Obviously, it's got the big light bar at the back, and it's got the... um, Ducktail, was it ducktail wing? Is that, are they calling it a ducktail? Swan neck wing, that's what they're calling it. So it, uh, the wing is attached via the top instead of the bottom, if that makes sense. Just search up and you'll notice the swan neck um, rear wing. Uh, it's naturally aspirated. It's a very good engine, let's face it. I'm glad they didn't make another one because the previous generation engine was just fantastic as it was. It's really good. Um, and also the handling is incredible. It's really Really good. I love this car so much. I'm saying really and very a lot, but it brings out the inner child in me, uh, as with it, as with many things. Although I'm, I kind of am a child, let's face it. Um, yeah, it handles really well, um, as a lot of motoring journalists have said, and influencers. Uh, cons, it's harder to daily drive. Now, this is all because it's very stiff, okay? It's, it's a track car. Um, and also the sound deadening that's been removed and thinner glass. But, I'm going to argue... The GT3 over the past 20 years has become easier and easier to drive. It started off as a hardcore track car, and then since then it's turned into a bit of a tourer, which is not really how it should be. It's not the aim of the car, let's face it. So, Porsche have now decided to go, no, or nine, uh, we're making a terrible mistake, um, so we're going to go back and make a, def- a terrible German accent. It's really bad. Uh, we're going to go back and make it hardcore. There we go, Satan, nice British accent. Um, so that's what they've done. Now, a 911 GT3 Touring will be coming out, I believe, later on in the year, or maybe next year, and I reckon it's going to be a lot easier to daily drive, so if you want to daily drive your GT3, um, then probably wait for the Touring. Um, that's what I'd probably do. And I, th- I think also that that, that that GT3 design without the wing would look really pure and really, really sexy. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Um, another uh, yeah, cons now we're moving on to. Oh no, we've just done the cons. Harder to daily drive. Another con, there we go, I'm getting so distracted, is the thinner glass and less sound deadening, as I just mentioned. It makes it all a bit more... Grrr, like that. You know, you, you couldn't take it to work every single day without going, God, will you shut up, car? Um, and also the highest price and expensive options. You know, with Porsche, obviously, you could spec a um, flipping... Um, well, what could you expect? 911 sticker on the dashboard, and that would cost like £450 million. But that's just how it is with Porsche. But you're paying for a very special car, so if you have that amount of money, you know, 123 grand plus, and you want a sports car that you can track and maybe use every now and then on the road, there's no other better car, let's face it. So that is my review of the 911 GT3, a car I'm so excited about. Um, or have been so excited about. It's just amazing. Such a lovely, lovely machine. 
So there we go. Probably my favourite car to be reviewed this series, which is a pretty big, big achievement. Although, <laughs> there may be something cool happening at the last episode of this series. So keep an eye out for that. I think it'll be a proper... Uh, podcast feature about one specific car that is very close to my heart uh, that I've been meaning to do for over a year but that might be happening, might be not we'll wait and see, might be safer Series 4 which I think is happening, yes people um, now if the GT3 isn't for you and you're in the you're in the market for another sports car that isn't as track focused then I'm going to give you a top 10 list of sports cars courtesy of Auto Car. so at number 10 is the Morgan Plus 6 at number 9 is the Lexus LC at number 8 is the Audi TT RS. At number 7 is the Nissan GTR. At number 6 is the Lotus Evora. At number 5 is, from America, it's a Chevrolet Corvette C8. At number 4 is the Mercedes AMG GT. At number 3, it's a Porsche, but it's not a GT3. It's the Porsche 718 or 718 Cayman slash Boxster GTS 4 litre. So it's the big six-cylinder one, which is a great thing. And number two is the Jaguar F-Type, which again is great. I drove one of them. I also drove a Cayman. Um, I've also driven an SN GTR. I've driven quite a few cars on this list, actually, which is quite a good achievement. They're all very good, put it that way. And number one is the Porsche 911. Now, which one would I choose from that list? I've also driven a 911, but it was a 996.2 turbo, um, which is great, but it caught fire after I drove it. Not a joke. Um... Which one would I choose out of them? Now, if I had to pay for it, in terms of value for money and everything, I would be tempted to go for a Cayman 4-litre, because I just think it's great. Really great car. And I think you'd look at a Cayman or a Boxster now and go, that's a really nice car. I mean, many years ago, you used to look at one of them and go, right, you've bought one of them because you can't afford 911. But now it's changed. The opinion has changed massively. So there you go. Which one would you choose? I'd like to know your thoughts. Tweet the Piston podcast. I've forgotten their own, um, the uh, own handle, at Piston Podcast on Twitter, or email in, thepistonpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts, why not? Now, my way or highway, if you have one of these cars, you're going to want somewhere cool to drive it. So this week, it's the Isle of Arran, coastal road in Scotland. Now, apparently it's like a miniature Scotland in, in, the, in which it's, you know, it's a 56-mile, uh, I can't speak, 56-mile drive, very leisurely, and it basically features like the entire of Scotland in 56 miles, which is really cool. Features sea views and highlands. It's perfect. So if you have a GT3 911, take it round the Isle of Arran Coastal Road in Scotland. If you're local, then bingo. You're very lucky. So um, there we go. We need to finish off with the quiz question, which this week I can announce is... The world's first speeding ticket was issued when... That is this week's quiz question. In which year was the world's first speeding ticket issued? Answer on a postcard, tweet, P Piston Podcast. I keep wanting to say the, but that's not actually in the handle because it's too long. So tweet at Piston Podcast or maybe even tweet me at Daniel Carzo 5 or DM. And just do anything. Send in your answers and you might be right, might be wrong. And the answer will be posted on social media um, probably midweek, a few days after this podcast has been um, released. So there we go. I think that's it, really. Thank you ever so much for listening. Again, next week on the podcast, hopefully I will jo be joined by not one guest, but hopefully two. Now this all depends on um, all depends on availability because one of them might be going down south. 
So it depends, really. Hopefully, I can record it in the weekday in this week coming up. Um, but if not, it might be the the week after. So this is episode thirteen, episode fourteen next week. Hopefully, with guests. Episode fifteen, hopefully, will be a special because I realise we haven't actually done a special this series, and I think it'll be a dedicated car review. So there's an insight, you lucky listeners. That's it. Remember to follow me on social media at Daniel Carzo Five, the podcast on Twitter at Piston Podcast. Subscribe as well, show your support, and I do hope you stay safe. That is it, um, and I wish you good luck with the quiz question as well. Um, it's earlier than you might expect. Thank you for listening, and I will see you soon. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Piston Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Just before you go, remember you can follow me on social media at DanielCarzo5, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Piston Podcast. See you next time for more interesting car chat.